2016 has already showcased Bobby Normand as one of the most quickly rising producers in the music industry, highlighted by the release of his first signed record, Smokin' Joe, released under the Magician's Potion imprint. The track has amazed over 1 million streams across SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify, with no signs of slowing down. Along with the track's success, fans have also been introduced to Bobby's live sets, which packed out houses at Exchange LA, the Delano Beach Club and FDR for Miami Music Week and at Webster Hall for the Magician's official EDC after party. And we got the chance to speak to Bobby here at Playboy Radio. Hey, what's going hey, on? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How about yourself? Awesome. Why don't you give me a visual of where you're at right now? Um, I am in a studio right now in uh, West Hollywood. Nice. What are you doing at the studio today? I will be making a mix for, I don't know if I'm allowed to say who, um, that's due today. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So how is studio life treating you nowadays? Pretty good, huh? I've always enjoyed it, um, but it's cool to get um, the reciprocation of the love that I put into the music to, you know, the people and then back to myself. Exactly. Well, tell me about Sister. Growing up in uh, in L.A., um, I was a huge Billy Idol fan, especially in high school. I and, was, too. Uh, I had a big poster in my room. I love Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah, I mean, growing up, like, when I was a kid, I used to watch him on MTV. He was such a badass. Yeah. Um, and then, I, uh, you know, I've been doing a bunch of these tracks that, you know, mean something to me in certain ways. And this obviously taps into something uh, that connected to me when I was a kid. And uh, I got a hold of that energy. And once I started working on it, um, it started to make sense. And, you know, there's a lot of tracks that just end up erasing and never never looking back on. And it connected with me. So I, 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 can, I continued to finish it. We um, put it out, what, like 17 days ago now? Mm-hmm. And uh, it hit uh, the top of the Hypem charts pretty quickly yes um, and then ended up um it got on the radio in kcrw which is always great um that is incredible it, it's awesome and it's a great track how did you come up with the title sister does it have anything to do with hey little sister one of my good friends his sister um got diagnosed with a uh pancreatic cancer oh and it was his idea, and then it was Little Sister, and I was like, wait a second, that makes sense, so let's just do that. Well, that's beautiful. I love that, definitely. So how did you get started? What was your musical background? Okay, um, when I was very young, I think like three or four, mm-hmm. um, I started playing the violin. Nice. Um, and then moving forward... Uh, I realized that I had perfect pitch um, when I was like six or seven because people would push numbers on the telephone and I knew what they were without looking. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It was pretty cool, right? Like I knew, like, funny little story is there's this very, uh, I grew up in a pretty affluent area. Mm -hmm. and um, Where'd you grow up? Near West Hollywood. Okay. And one of my friends who's, father was married into like an African royal family 
And um, when he was doing his password, he did it through his phone on his house. And, and you know, keep in mind, this is like a huge house. Right. And I was like, I know your password to your house. And I was like, it was really young. And he looked at me like, how do you know? Like, no one knows the password to my house. Yeah. And I told him, and and that was like kind of like how I realized that. That aha moment, like, wow, you have amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is definitely a talent. <laughs> Not everybody's born with. Yeah. That's amazing. And then from there. You knew you had perfect pitch. How did this whole producing come down? You know, because that's a big stretch from playing the violin to doing this, what you're doing now. Right. So um, just quickly, I uh, was I was um, in elementary school. I, I played the saxophone. Uh-huh. And that was, I mean, that class was, I, I was very rebellious, but that was my best class. And uh, moving forward from there, I, like, stopped doing it. I became, you know, a teenager and got really into music. And then that's kind of how it happened for me is I was so into the music. Um, I started, like, making CDs for people and downloading, just, like, spending hours and hours just downloading music. Um, And eventually I ended up doing some lifestyle changes. so I I ended up getting into a, a twelve step program. I stopped drinking um, in '07, and I had turntables and a mixer and a DJ set up because I was like really into it. But I never really got into it um, professionally. And there was a night on New Year's where. I knew that if I went out, it was like I got sober on December 3rd and the 31st. Like, I knew if I went out, I was most probably not going to stay on my path. Right. And um, so I got onto my turntable. I was like, I'll have my own party. And starting that day, I enjoyed it so much. Um, a few weeks later, someone said that they heard I knew how to DJ and they wanted me to DJ in this nightclub in New York. It was one of these, like, newer nightclubs. Um I don't know how I got the job. I ended up doing it. I didn't even know how to bring my, my needles. Um, yeah. <laughs> ended up there. And um, when they tried to pay me, I was like, dude, I don't want your money. Like, I just want to play again. Yeah. And fast forward that, I ended up playing around the world. And there was a time I was in, uh, in Barcelona at Opium. I was playing in front of several thousand people. And at that moment, I knew that I needed to start making my own music. Nice. Um, I wanted to connect to people. I didn't want to play other people's music. So when I went back to L.A., uh, I mean, sorry, to New York. I was living in New York York at the time. Um, I had several residencies, but I went to a place to learn how to um, use... um, uh, Ableton. Ableton, yeah. The program, which, yeah. you know, to make music. And from there, I just, you know, spent a lot of hours and hours after I graduated from that program. And I made the move one day. I uh, left New York. I came to LA. I got a studio, locked myself in for years. And uh, here I am now. Nice. Well, congratulations on your sobriety. Is it hard because, you know, you are in a club scene, you are DJing around the world to, you know, to stay on that path? Um, I would say that the music is what fuels my energy. Got it. 
Um, and I feel like that's my purpose. Yes. To be in there. And um, I mean, I get high enough from that. From that. So you don't need it. Nice. I, I don't. Yeah. I love and it. I, I know that if I try, I know that like my sobriety is what got me to where I'm going to be. And I would never, I would never um, put anything in front of that. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And people need to hear this, you know, because a lot of people are suffering from alcoholism, all kinds of things. And they just don't know that, you know, sometimes you just need to focus on something else to get you away from that. So I congratulate you with that for sure. So what's next? I try to think of everything in a 24-hour period at a time. <laughs> it's just basically what's happening today. You'll worry about Dave it today. Will laugh at, Dave will laugh at that. If you <laughs> um, uh, but, well, you uh, have, you're, you're mixing a track for somebody else you can't tell us about. I wish you could. Well, Can I get I a hit? <laughs> I got to make a mix. I got to make a mix for a guy who... Um, it's not the magician. I got to give a shout out to the magician. Um, he signed my first big track. Yes. Shout out to him. Ocean. Are you doing any live sets anywhere here in town or are you just focusing on making music? I just did a show um, at Webster Hall in New York, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, it was great to get back to New York um, and play for the people that were there from you know, the start of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was for EDC. And I'm going to be playing a festival on the 12th um, in Palm Springs. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The, um... I don't say, don't mention the name of it because I'm not even supposed to. Okay, okay. I, wanna, <laughs> I know I which one. <laughs> I don't want to be so secretive and I'm sure that they would love the promotion. Yeah. Um, no, I gotcha, I gotcha. But do you like doing festivals or, or, or smaller intimate gigs or, you know, what do you prefer? Or do, or is, I, is, I prefer being appreciated and to play my music for people that love to hear music. Love it. Um, so it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter as long as you're playing, right? As long as I'm playing. I mean, obviously I would, you know, like to connect to as many people as possible and uplift that many people and connect to that many people. Um, but sometimes and sometimes you feel a lot closer in a, in a connected, smaller, intimate room, um, you know, like the rooms I started in. Totally. So who do you listen to? I love classic rock. Um, Pink Floyd. Yes. Uh, Santana, The Beatles. Um, I like a lot of uh, indie rock music. Um, I love, oh, Strokes aren't really that indie anymore, but like um, The Red Walls. Uh, I love The Clash, um, Billy Idol, a lot of those B-side tracks from the larger guys um, shouldn't go unmissed, and that's kind of what I try to bring to the audience and the newer generation. Uh-huh. Um, I'm also uh, a huge hip-hop fan. I love yes. it. Who, who, obviously, Tupac and Biggie, but any... Reason- I actually knew, if you go on my Instagram, uh-huh. just my name, Bobby Normand, if you go on my Instagram, I actually knew Tupac. Um, he lived in the apartment I grew up in. Wow, that's a great story. Do you have any stories regarding that? I mean, what was I, that like? <laughs> when I was a kid, he was in my house. Um, my mom had a birthday, and like my dad invited all these people over, and Tupac was in my living room. And I looked at him, I was like, you're not Tupac. 
No way. <laughs> and he lifted me up. He's like, I'm Tupac. You can imagine his passion. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I invited a few of my friends over. I was really into paintball guns mm-hmm. at the time. And mm-hmm. we had a, a nice little paintball fight in my backyard, which That's my dad amazing. and my friends <laughs> about. Um, lit up the entire neighborhood, which is hilarious. But yeah. I uh, definitely knew him. He was a good guy. Yeah, right? I was just going to ask. Guy. Is he a good guy? Yes. Is Has he been an influence in your music? Big time. Big time. Um, I used to literally just write his lyrics over and over and over and over again on pieces of notebook paper. Yeah. Um, and the energy in his message of a certain struggle and never to give up and to have faith in that, you know, the strong survives um, and the underdog will get his. You know, I didn't grow up the same way he did, but mm. I feel like no matter where you're from, the mentality of being the underdog and, you know, obviously me as a producer, for example, or an artist or as a DJ, there's so many people trying to go to and get the same piece of pie. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's very tough to be in a society um, that, you know, living among so many affluent people and, you know, doing something that could, that is very risky. Yes. Um, you got to keep your focus. And I feel like you really harness that energy mm-hmm. um, of, you know, stay on your path and believe in yourself. I mean, he was also kind of, I don't know how to, a, a proper way to say it, but he was very, very, Passionate, yes, very, and sometimes went over the edge, yes. Um, which I feel like with his art form, I don't think he was really a. I don't think that was really him. I think that was his persona. But yeah, um, you know, yeah, um, he he definitely influenced me to want to voice my opinion and and connect to people. You know, because my music's not all that happy. You know, I mean, there are happy songs and happier energies that come through, but. Some of it's heavy and darker, um, which will end up transferring into like an aha moment of like, don't give up the life. The life's just right there, right. you know? So how do you know when a track is finished? Like it's done, ready to go? Because art's never, you know, finished. So how do you know? No, it, it, it actually, art can be finished when your computer like dies. <laughs> <laughs> my computer will literally not allow me to add anything else on. Right, got it. <laughs> so is there any collaborations you would like? Yes. I would love to do something with the magician for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope to do something with him one day. Um, definitely, like, any of the guys, um, like uh, The Strokes, um, Julian, I think is an amazing um, artist, um, yes. Black Keys. Um yes. I would love to do something with uh, pretty much, I don't know, anyone anyone that feels my music and wants to do something with me, I'm down to do music with them, but uh, putting me on the spot. <laughs> you never know, they might be listening, so. <laughs> right. I would Put it say, out there. I would say definitely um, Sasha. Nice. Um, the Strokes, Kanye. Um, any of the Wu-Tang guys. Um, That's funny you just said that. I just was speaking to Riza yesterday. 
I would love to work with him. He yeah, is, he is man. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, he he actually really influenced. Um, I was into West Coast music, uh, West Coast rap, but I also really loved Wu Tang. Was one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, He's collaborating yeah. right now with Paul Banks of Interpol, and that's why. Wow, they, that's yeah, and it, it, it's amazing. Their new album is is off the hook. Yeah, so that sounds like it could be very eerie. Yes, <laughs> but um, here's the million dollar question: When was the first time you heard about Playboy? Wow, um, you know, and any of my cousins that hear this will laugh. Um, <laughs> my uncle had a stash of Playboys under his TV. <laughs> Shout out to your dresser. uncle. Yeah, was, his TV was on this like dresser with like records and all these different things. It was like one of those huge dressers, like an armoire kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a little shelf under the TV. And if you stuck your hand further, far enough in, you know, the latest Playboy edition would be in there. <laughs> um, so, you know, the rest is... The the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to us here at Playboy Radio. We really, really appreciate it. And everybody listening, make sure you check out Sister. And they can find that on SoundCloud, right? Or where can they purchase it if they want to? They can listen to it on SoundCloud. Okay. Um, All my handles are at Bobby Norman. So B-O-B-B-Y-N-O-U-R-M-A-N-D. Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is Playboy Radio's Music Spotlight. And there you have it. For more information, log on to Bobby Normand all across the board. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud. This is Trisha Cruz with your Playboy Radio's Music Spotlight.